0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Ah. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Ah. Hey, what's up? Sports Talk Mississippi, Wednesday afternoon. Good to have you along. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Hayden, Brian Scott, Rippey, We've got a bunch to get to with you this afternoon. It's going to be a fun three hours. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online. You can find them at MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. You wake up on these cold mornings and go, man, I wish I had my own spot to uh, go climb into a deer stand. That's what I thought. thought it is. Well, Mississippi Land Bank could help you buy that recreational piece of property. And here's the thing. You go, heck no. All I thought about this morning was pulling the covers up over my head. No, no, I'm not talking about a climbing stand. I'm talking about a place where you can build one of those permanent stands in the perfect spot where you got walls and a roof and windows that slide and you can put a little heater in there. If you're close enough, uh, you know, you got LTE from Seaspire. You can sit up there and watch a game on your phone while you're hunting. That is the good life. Mississippi Land Bank can help you with it. MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Hey, Borky, What's up? What's up, man? Dude, college basketball was actually interesting last night,
1: getting me hooked in early. College basketball is always interesting. Yeah, you don't get upsets like that, first of all. On top of, the Memphis thing is just bizarre to me. Like, it's almost as if everybody that covers a Memphis game, they've only played two of them, but when they're, like, tweeting their analysis, their in-game analysis, and the announcers during the broadcast are completely dancing around the massive eight-ton
2: elephant in the room. It's weird. Watching them is weird. At some point, though, don't you have to cover the game? I mean, right? I I did not get to see the beginning of the broadcast last night. My assumption is that Dan Shulman, Jay Billis pretty much addressed it off the top of the show
3: I'm and then sure, moved on? I'm sure Jay Billis was really rational and calm about it. Well, that's a good point.
2: Um, You know the guy who's kind of been rational about this is Gary Parish, Uh who lives... In DeSoto County, has been in the Memphis area for a really long time, but now a college, uh, a national college basketball guy. And he has basically said, this isn't a witch hunt the way that a lot of the local media people that are covering it have tried to (laughs) pretend it is. You got your phone squared away there? Yeah, my bad. (laughs) No worries.
3: It's just a radio show, man. No big deal. What was that i don't know i was trying to close out something on uh-huh. it and I opened oh i'm
2: sure you were was that just a scream a that, that i, I heard why
3: wow. oh okay Let, let's get our minds out of the gutter here it was an instagram story i don't even know what it was i tried to minds out of the gutter. you're gonna tell me to get my mind out of the gutter my intentions are always pure hey dad
0: what's up not a whole lot here on, on a wednesday basketball wednesday here in starville
3: we, we we talk basketball uh all afternoon I did three podcasts today, mostly basketball-related. Pretty sick workout. I'm not going to brag about it, though. Three? Yeah. All of them, the, Re- the Rebel Report? Yeah. Very good. What'd you guys do today? I chopped some wood, too.
1: I <laughs> planned this show and helped take care of a four-week-old baby.
3: Nice. I don't have one of those to take care of. Yeah. That you know of. Very true. I threw the ball to my roommate's dog for like 30 minutes while I was waiting on lunch, if that counts. Yeah. Beautiful.
2: Uh, What else coming up this afternoon? College football playoff rankings came out last night, and oh, the debate is heated, it's hot, and it's heavy. I will not fully recant what I said yesterday, but in the 5 o'clock hour, we had a conversation Uh, where Borky was just beating the drum for Minnesota and where they should be ranked. And I thought about it a little bit more. And Borky, I'm not necessarily saying I 100% agree with you, but I think you made some good points, and I might back up a little bit on what I said yesterday.
1: Well, forget the Alabama part of this them being behind Oregon and Utah makes zero sense. Like, the argument for Alabama being ahead makes sense because, look, if they played each other, Alabama would probably beat them. But what is it about Oregon and Utah, eye test, resume, or otherwise, that tells you they should be ahead of Minnesota right now? Yeah. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense to me
2: at all. It is a good point, and we will dive into that conversation a little bit later this afternoon. We get we get to the uh, college football playoff rankings round two that came out last night. Chase Young, the player for Ohio State, that's really, 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 really good. That uh, two weeks ago, everybody tried to convince you was going to win the Heisman Trophy. That's not going to happen. Uh, he will be back for the final two games of the regular season. Suspended. Uh, originally, the NCAA said four games. Ohio State appealed. It was reduced to two games. And so the uh, game against Maryland, in which they scored 73 and won uh, by 50 ish, and their trip to uh, Piscataway, Chase Young will not be a part of the contests. He will, however, be in scarlet and gray to face Penn State in Michigan. Coincidence, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely.
1: And it just happened to work out this way.
3: Uh, How does that happen? But they can't get the Missouri thing done.
1: And I saw one of the Yahoo guys, I forget which one it was, say, uh, well, Memphis and Chase Young are linked, and uh, Ohio State uh, cooperated with the NCAA and got this done, and Memphis isn't, so that's uh, interesting to see how it plays out. It's like, dude, North Carolina laughed in the face of the NCAA and got off free. Missouri did everything by the book, and they got multiple sports postseason banned. So, no, that's not
2: how it works. Herein lies the rub. Herein, to Borky's point, lies the rub with the NCAA. And you know I've got all kinds of beefs with that organization. You do. But But I think I've realized the biggest beef I have is they just make it up as they go. There's no way for you to know what the outcome of your issue is going to be based on some set of rules or guidelines or that, oh, we've heard about it so much, the matrix, the punishment matrix. Mm -hmm. They do whatever the hell they want to do. When they want to do it.
0: It feels like uh, inception right now. I feel like you you just woke
2: up. Congrats, you got out of the dream. Welcome to the real world. Why is it that this happens to me repeatedly? Like, Like once every month or six weeks, I have this yeah but moment about the NCAA.
0: Well, they keep giving us stupid stuff to talk about. That's the first and foremost problem. They keep making mistakes that we get to talk about. They keep doing dumb things. They, they, they can't just have a, a month where they just make a smart decision and move on with it.
2: All I know is if this portion of my career does not work out particularly well, like, if I walk in one day and I've got an email that says, hey, come to the corner office, and they say, Richard, it's just not working anymore. You're going to have to go find something else to do. I'm going to try and either get into .edu world or go to work for the NCAA. Because those are two areas, and and I'm, I know I'm painting with a broad brush here, so I'm not talking about all teachers, I'm not talking about all professors, I'm not talking about all administrators, I'm just talking about a bunch of them. Those seem to be two worlds in which you can be horrible at your job. And there are no repercussions whatsoever. You could be an NFL coach. Great vacation days. Yeah. Yeah, plenty of vacation days. You don't have to work on Columbus Day. Get spring break, a little time in the summer, a couple of weeks at Christmas, week at Thanksgiving, pretty good salary. Not a lot of stress. I think that's the way to go. Although I would prefer to be good at my current job and continue to work. Just say.
0: I, on the other hand, if the NCA is listening and wants to hire me, I'll I'm, I'll listen to any offer. <laughs> You're not happy? No, I'm very happy. But man, you should. You, I, I never 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 close one door. You know. Yeah. Just never know. And yeah. the, the, like I said, the opportunity to sort of like make it up as I go along, man, talk about living the dream. Well, I mean, you kind of like the idea of being a freeloader anyway, and that seems like the world's biggest bunch of freeloaders. It'd be like that episode of Seinfeld where George got the job, but he didn't really get the job, and he just goes and sits in the office for eight hours a day. Perfect.
2: You could be on board with that. That would drive me insane. The Penske file, I'd be all over it. <laughs> Jeez. I love how when I called you a freeloader, you didn't give any pushback whatsoever to that. Brother, if you're given, I'll take. Kentucky was upset in basketball last night. The Memphis story continues, and they lose last night. The Astros cheating scandal. There's a lot to consume on that front. Today in sports history and a whole lot more. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Philip and Starkville on the C Spire text line, 601 879 4395. Said Richard, finish your thought on the writer. How about Gary Parrish not thinking it's a witch hunt in Memphis? What does he think? I don't want to put words in his mouth. I mean, I've read some stuff that he's he's said, listen to some stuff. If you want to kind of go through his Twitter feed, you can go back and listen to it. I think he just looks at it more as a fascinating deal and has recognized that though everybody wants to just loop this into pay the players, pay the players, it's not that. It's It's a different deal. It's a recruit. His family got paid while he was an exceptionally good basketball player. And it's a coach who gave a million dollars to a university. Which makes him a booster. And those two things don't... Now, now, again, I'm not speaking for Gary Parish. I'm kind of speaking on my own here. Those two things don't dovetail. And and spare me the, oh, he was just doing something nice for a young African-American Boy who was growing up and had a great future in front of him, yeah. Who also happened to be the best basketball player in the country. Just say. Um. So where shall we start? Went back to Shao for you there. Hoops, Ole Miss last night wins thir- uh, by thirteen over Norfolk State, and it wasn't necessarily the prettiest thing. 68-55 the final, Ole Miss gets two 2-0 on the year. Big game for Bree and Tyree, but it was kind of an interesting game for Tyree. He gets 21 points. Uh, I don't know exactly how plus-minus is figured, and Ole Miss doesn't use that on their score sheet, but my guess is his plus-minus would have been minus last night. He was eight of 18 from the field, two of eight from behind the arc, had three rebounds, three assists, three steals, and a turnover. And he hit his first two shots of the game and then missed his next five and then hit his next three. And it was kind of, you know, whatever the end.
3: I thought he was better than he was in the opener last night. Oh, agreed.
2: Completely. He had six points in the opener.
3: Yeah, and he didn't settle for as many jump shots. I know he took, what? Eight threes and ten twos. It's pretty solid math there. Eighteen shots, eight yeah. plus ten. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he, that, he'll be fine. His uh, he's a decent three. Po- uh, he's a good three-point shooter in the right situation. And Kermit Davis talked about this some last night when he's stepping into threes and you know taking them in transition when he's off the ball. But like his best, the best part of his game is like eighteen feet and in where he's using getting to the rim to set up. I know the nerds have devalued the uh, mid-range jump shot, but I heard Kevin Durant talk about this on a podcast one time. It's like, oh, if it's automatic, two points is still two points, and he has one of the best mid-range games in the SEC, maybe even the whole country. And so when he's going to the rim to set that up, he's much better off than kind of settling to where he dribbles into uh, 24-and-a-half-foot, three-point shots.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And wide-open threes that he can shoot in rhythm? Absolutely. But if he's got a guy on him, and he lowers his head and starts to drive, and has that ability to kind of stop on a dime and elevate and shoot from thirteen feet, that's a that's a big time weapon.
3: I don't exactly know what his mid range percentage is because there's no like really advanced like stats for that type of stuff. Yeah, but I imagine it's pretty high. I would think so.
1: You can't even get plus minus in college basketball, so it, very undercovered from a. Actually, more more schools are doing it this year. Are they good? Because it's a really good, just baseline number to go off of. How much Bruce do you Stevens impact and your team? We're on and the floor?
3: Would disagree, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they, but they played a lot and they won games like in spite of them. So their plus minus still may not have been all that bad, just because they were in the games in which they were winning.
3: Plus minus is normally like plus minus can be skewed if you're on a good or a bad team, but over a like over a career. Like it seems like that'd be hard to shake.
2: Yeah. Hey, Dad, has Mississippi State added plus minus? Was I looking at a box score that they had where they've added that?
0: I haven't noticed. Let me uh, let me pull up a box score for you. I okay. think they, I, I'm a, I'm definitely in agreement with you that they should because it is a very it's a, it, it's not the it's not the end all be all by I mean it's an efficiency, efficiency stat, right? Yeah, it, it's it's a useful guide that you know, to, and it, for me. When I look at it, it's I look at it more in terms of like, all right, put put a rotation together from plus minus, you know. It's great that this one guy is his, you know, his plus minus is good. So what? Can you put five guys on the court where you're getting plus minus the way you want it? Can Can you find a you know a way to balance some people out? If you can do those kind of things, I mean, that's, like I said, it's a very useful tool. I don't know that it's a. Uh, you just want to go and just looking at their uh, their stats right this second. Now that I don't I don't see plus minus.
2: Um. If you happen to be listening right now, and you go, "What in the heck are they talking about?" Plus-minus is a, a uh, it's a it's statistic an or statistical category that is based on a whole bunch of different things. The number of two-point shots made, the number of two-point shots attempted, the percentage, same thing with threes, same thing with field goals, same thing with effective field goal percentage, which gives more credit to made threes than it does for made twos. Uh, free throw uh, percentage, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, it gives all of those things a value and rolls them into a single number that kind of determines how it goes. Oh,
1: I I I guess I'm completely off. I thought it was just no, no, when no, you're on I the just, floor the score Borky,
2: differential. Morky, I just screwed that up so badly. I just I just yeah, you're thinking I was a, looking a PER, right? Yes. I was Forget everything I just said. Here's what P- plus, plus minus is is it's just what's it's the, the score measure of the point differential the when players are in and out of a game? Calculated by taking the difference in the score when the player enters the game and subtracting it from the score when the player exits the game. The differences are added up over the entire game to give the score, thus, a measure of the impact of a player that he has on the score of the game when he is in the game without measuring any specific statistic. Yeah. Does that make a little more sense, Borky, instead of what I was saying a second yeah. ago it was a bunch of nonsense? The whole time you were going, too, It's like... <laughs> I don't think he's right, but you know what? He does a lot more basketball than me. No, I I, I screwed that up so badly. It it helps tell the
1: value of not volume scorers, too. Like I'll just do a quick NBA example. A guy named Kenrich Williams plays for the Pelicans. He's not a good offensive player, but he does everything else really, really well. So using his plus-minus is more of a gauge of his impact because he's not a volume scorer and never will be, but he's a valuable piece, and you can tell that. When you look at his plus-minus, because he defends well and rebounds well and does everything else really well. So he helps his team. He just doesn't score a lot of points. Just another data point to use.
2: Hey, and by the way, and this falls into I a mean, complete non sequitur here. C Spire text line, a couple of you have sent messages in. Pokey from Charleston. What a name. Paul. Hey, Richard. If you think teaching is so easy, you should go try it. Some. Not only is teaching not easy, especially at the elementary, junior high, and high school level. Sorry, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Other than to say, that's not what I said.
3: That was very loud. Could you speak up? I couldn't hear you. Uh, Just.
2: I was talking about college professors and people with .edu email addresses. Listen! You're,
0: just, you're very angry today. I don't like this.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not! Oh, Richard took a shot at teachers! You think teaching's so easy? Why don't you get up by a chalkboard?
3: Angry's the vibe. I'm, I'm not getting that either. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: who likes, uh, who likes public education? bernie sanders and rippy
3: okay we're going down this road again today because the last time people (laughs) did not understand the uh the bit and we got some very angry texters basically just accusing me of redistribution of wealth and stuff yeah well at least you don't
2: hate teachers
0: (laughs) that's true (laughs) I i can't run wait to run an attack ad on richard richard cross is against education hi
2: i'm brian haydad and i support this message Good luck finding a bigger supporter of public education in Mississippi. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure, there are lots of it out there. Lots of you out there. I'm just gonna say I'm a really big fan.
0: Or he told this me to chill funny, out. funny tweet from this. From no, the year, I'm not gonna tell you five. to chill
2: out. The
1: the he is passion Richard is good.
2: Cross, he's cross. I get it. I like a fun. Brewer says, I guess I'll come back later. No, no reason to leave. We're good. We are all good.
0: Always. Always.
2: Those of us who listen are good. <laughs> Had some upsets in college hoops, some tight games last night. We'll get to that next in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. 601-879-4395, the number for you to jump in on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. When you say the word basketball, this is what you get. No one cares about anything but... Ba- cares anyth- uh, No, no one, one, cares. one cares, he just forgot talk- punctuation. Oh, talk about anything but basketball. Uh I don't really think that's the case. I understand that football is king and we will spend plenty of time on that. Um <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I saw that I just saw the uh, the text of Borky had to respond to.
2: Sue sent a message that said, I need assistance <laughs> setting up Gmail account on my iPhone. <laughs> Morgan, the fact that you didn't come back with Sue, this is an Arby's, is just disappointing, but, <laughs> but it's not bad. Hey, Sue, it's really fairly simple. If you'll just go into the settings and tip on the, <laughs> uh,
3: the oh.
2: add mail account and then put your address and password in, your uh, your iPhone will actually do all the rest for you, if you're listening. Something tells me maybe you're not. Probably not. Um. Charlie said, I told you all to put your retirement on Western Michigan last night. Joke's on you. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> the game, game went to overtime, didn't it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know, Borky? I was watching hoops last night. Just sit around not doing anything at night. You could at least watch the college football game that's on. Oh, buddy. We had we had
1: the best night of his short little life Transition to the absolute worst night of his short little life. That dude did not want to sleep for anything at all. He just wanted to yell at me the entire night.
2: Mm. It happens. You do remember like a week ago you had to take him to the hospital, right?
1: I do. I'm talking about like sleeping night as in the worst oh, okay. night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. 37-34 in overtime. Western Michigan with the win over OHIO. Just not that O H I O. Um Evansville, with Walter McCarty, former Kentucky Wildcat, as its head coach, beats Kentucky last night at Rupp. 67-64. The Purple Aces get it done. You remember a week ago, a week ago today, we were talking about Kentucky's win over number one Michigan State. And the fact that uh, Tyrese Maxey had 26 points. So he was good last night. He had 15. Quickly had 16. By the way, Maxie's still coming off the bench for Kentucky. But uh, Evansville was just just a little bit better last night.
3: I didn't watch any of this game. I We pulled up the very end because I think Ole Miss was maybe just after halftime when this ended, somewhere around there. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. They'll be fine. They're really good. I uh, think of ca- Cal, will, uh, like Cal's is going to be able to reference this loss in late February.
2: Sure, he just hopes the uh, selection committee doesn't when it comes time to seating.
3: Fair point.
1: Yeah, but will they? Though I mean, that's I saw people last night call it a horrible loss for Kentucky. It's like they just beat the number one team in the country a few days ago. Uh, no, so you, you shouldn't it. uh, Right? It's nothing. Last night was nothing
3: it is a bad loss though like
1: in the context I mean, if, of what just yesterday kentucky, sure but.
3: but but if kentucky and
2: i don't know north carolina and virginia and oh michigan state are all 33 and 4 34 and 5 you know 30 Five and six—I know those numbers don't work exactly. You get what I'm saying? They're all fairly close. Then that could be the difference between being the one seed overall and the fourth number one seed. There, I mean, they would
1: really use a a loss on November 12th to make that difference.
3: No, well, I mean it's going to factor into your math some, like. And when that, like, net matters for those teams, too. just not, not in the same way it does for others. But I don't even necessarily think it'll be that impactful. I think there's a difference between an impactful loss and a bad one. That's a bad loss. Like, just not coming up, coming to the gym ready to play and letting that happen to you on your home floor is bad. Now, it'll it be long-term consequential, maybe, but the consequences as they are won't be drastic. Sure.
2: Xavier beats Missouri in overtime last night. First loss for Missouri. Auburn wins. Uh, they had to hang on for dear life at the end. 70 to 69 over South Alabama. Georgia 9586 over the Citadel. Arkansas beats North Texas 66 to 43. I saw somebody point out that Eric Musselman's team gave up 43 to North Texas while Chad Morris's team gave up 40 to 4. Do with that stat what you would like. <laughs> That's my kind of stat. Tennessee 82 63 over Murray State despite uh, trailing at the half. Game of the night was in Portland at the Moda Center. Oregon and Memphis, number 13 versus number 14. James Wiseman played only 5 minutes of the first half, got into foul trouble with a couple of early fouls in the first uh 5 minutes of the game. Despite that, James Wiseman played 22 minutes, finished with 14 points and 12 rebounds. He's good. He's really good. Uh, have you guys watched Memphis play yet?
3: I have not. No. I watched actually a piece of their season opener. You
2: remember LSU did the shorty shorts thing last year? Like a bunch of guys were kind of like tucking their shorts under? Memphis has a guy that is wearing shorts that will almost make you blush. Like 70s NBA short, but tighter than that. Sat down on the couch. I forgot. I was eating a bowl of soup last night, and my wife goes, what are those shorts? That doesn't leave much to the imagination. It's all about comfort. Yeah, but isn't it really just all about making a statement? And everything that's old becomes new again.
0: I think I think you're closer to the truth on that. Do
3: we have a picture? Like how bad is it? Like basketball version of banana hammock, or how? Like how what? How short are we talking? Um,
0: it's in the
2: neighborhood. Yeah. Do we know the it player's is... name? Uh, maybe a nickname. I don't know. Uh, I'll let you dig for your own
3: pictures. I mean, maybe a nickname.
2: Hey, Dad asked if that was his actual name. If Banana Hammock was his name, and I said, "Not maybe Banana that. Hammock."
0: Oh, oh, oh. I know I what you... a Banana Hammock is. I'm asking, did he you know, know the player's, player's name?
2: <laughs> name? Oh, I thought you were suggesting that Banana Hammock might be his right, actual I, name. <laughs> I,
0: I, found, I found it. Hold on, we're moving forward with our lives here. Yeah, no, banana. Lester Banana Hammock Quinones. Quinones is his, is his last name? That's close to
3: Cajones. It's very, very same, same sort of thing here. Nice. I'll trust you on the pronunciation there. Sure, why not?
0: Uh, well, it doesn't seem to. There's nothing working for me here. Like his shorts don't look that bad in this, so
2: I don't know. Well, maybe he's not wearing the same ones he was wearing in the game last night. Possible. Conversation from uh, a couple of days ago. In the. In the vein of everything that's old becomes new again, are we going to rotate back ultimately to a pro-style offense with two tight ends and a fullback?
0: By weed, you mean like the sport of football?
2: Yes, I mean like large, like in the way that a few teams ran the spread while everybody was else was in pro-style, and they were kind of the outlier, and then a few more teams adopted it, and now everybody in college football has some spread concept rpo concept where everybody's trying to widen the field are we going to get back to a point where some coach looks at at some old film from the 80s really the 90s and goes man they were really on to something with that fullback we're going to go back to this
3: well the fullback the college was really the only place sans wisconsin and another place or two where the fullback really truly died it became scarcer in the NFL, but I think now maybe you're seeing a slight uptick in teams use fullbacks. Kyle Shanahan uses one. Patriots use one.
1: The Saints uh, use one.
3: Saints use one. Like I don't think it ever fully went extinct in the NFL, but as it relates to college football, maybe. But yeah, college football, the modern-day fullback, like guys don't recruit fullbacks anymore. They, no. Maybe it's a tight end that... Unless it's a service academy. Yeah, or like Wisconsin. Kansas State.
2: But do you think that, that college football, which is cyclical... By design or in nature, you know, comes and goes. Trends come and go. I mean, what are we talking about? The I, the I RPOs a, and the spreads are really kind of a modern-day version of a what, a wing-T offense in So a lot of ways. I don't, I don't think it's going to change much
0: is that these guys are so much bigger and faster. If it was a question of, okay, we're running these spread offenses, so we need to get smaller, faster guys out there who can play in space – That would be one thing, but there's still these huge guys out there who could who could, if you wanted to, just run right at them. They could stop that, but they're also fast enough to play in space.
3: It is somewhat cyclical, though. Like you're not going to have Ohio State in 3032 running the wing tee and you know the wishbone. But speaking of Ohio State, though,
1: throw a fullback into that backfield with Dobbins and Justin Fields. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they need that or not. I mean... It'd
1: be a nice little wrinkle, anyway.
2: Yeah. Pick of the day brought to you by the Pearl River Resort. When we come back, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Uh, we're going with an underdog... On the road tonight for the Pearl River Resort pick of the day, Maxion style. Uh, Yesterday, by the way, was a loss. Took Auburn uh, laying the seven, I think it was. Were they a seven-point favorite, Borky? Is that what we did yesterday? Sounds right. At South Alabama. Looked good with uh, just a few minutes to play, and then uh, it got really tight at the end. Auburn fortunate to win, period. They won by one. So a loss yesterday on the pick of the day. Bowling Green getting 17 on a night when it's going to be 29 degrees at kickoff in Oxford, Ohio, Yeager Stadium. We'll take Bowling Green plus the 17 at Miami of Ohio. That is nothing more than, hey, that looks like a big number. Neither of those teams are great. Weather's going to be cold. Why not? Wouldn't do a rent payment on this one. Morky, I don't even know if I'd bet a box of diapers on this one.
1: Yeah, well, now I understand the value of that, and I wouldn't either. Who? You just run through them, buddy. You do. My favorite is when you... His least favorite thing in the world is to get changed. Of course it is. But you'll change him, and then you put the onesie on, which he hates doing... You button it at the bottom, you pick them up, you're walking out of the room, and then you hear it. So you got to go right yep. back into the room and do the entire process all over again.
2: Yep. <laughs> I'm with you, man.
1: <laughs> they will never not make me laugh, though. Baby farts are hilarious to me.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably a dumb question. Why does a fart warrant a change?
0: Well, because.
3: There's no such thing as a
0: fart with babies.
3: Ah, the Francesa special. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a huge problem. Yep. Ugh. So Bowling Green at Miami tonight, ESPNU at 7, ESPN2 at 7, Northern Illinois at Toledo. It's going to be 24 degrees in Toledo, Ohio. Um, Max shouldn't do anything for you guys. I'll watch. You never cease to amaze me. There's what? so many Man. things. like Yeah, yeah, not interesting. Game 7 World Series, nah, maybe. If I just happen I, to be flipping and is there. I like football. I, I give you Northern Illinois and Toledo on a Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, I'm in. No, I
0: didn't say. No, 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 You I said, I'll watch. To watch. I said, I'll watch. If, if you're telling me that I'm at home and that's all, I'll watch it.
3: Okay. I'll be but on Clippers be Rockets tonight. Tonight. I got work
0: to do
3: so. It's such a different type of football It is that Did
0: you see the
1: offensive tackle do a cartwheel last night?
3: Yeah, I yes. guess kind of case in point Not always in a good way Okay. Uh, tomorrow Come night, Buffalo at Kent night. State Yuck
2: <laughs> And uh, North Carolina at Pittsburgh Buffalo Kent State's a bridge
3: too far for you, but the two games tonight are fine. Um Hates the golden flashes, Richard Cross. No,
2: I mean I wasn't like I'm probably not watching the games tonight. I mean, maybe a little if I'm flipping around,
3: but it's not appointment viewing at all for me. I don't think the Maction is appointment viewing for anyone except for betters. Yeah, could be something. But there are a lot of people
2: that like Mac football. Because there's no other football available on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday
3: night. Right. I guess. I mean, the stadiums say stay otherwise. That's the best part of action is there's relatively decent-sized stadiums. That have 11,000 people in it. Yeah, them. a quarter of the way full. Yeah. North Carolina at Pittsburgh tomorrow night.
2: Pittsburgh's already 6-3. and three. North Carolina's at 4-5. and five. So three games remaining. They're going to win two out of three to get to a bowl game. They're going to get one against Mercer next week. They close it out against NC State, a rivalry game on the road. Um, Pittsburgh a relatively small favorite. Pitt's
0: Pitt's Pitt's a good, bad team.
2: Yeah. They've been a weird team, right? They lose to Virginia. They beat Ohio. They lose to Penn State only by a touchdown in a rivalry game. Beat UCF. And then barely beat Delaware. Yeah. They well, beat, they beat they Duke by three. Years. I mean, they beat Clemson a couple years ago, and then Clemson won the national title. I mean, just... Yeah. Winning against Syracuse, and lose to Miami. Oh, it's a Miami team that has gotten better. Yeah. Miami has gotten better. Beat hey, Georgia Tech, not really offensively all that. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Boston College remaining this season for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Kind of all over the place in the first hour. We've got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online, supertalk.fm, Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us. On this Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, online at MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. Check them out online at the website. You can find a branch location there, or you can uh, grab the phone number, Give them a call. Talk to them about your needs, whether you're buying a piece of property, refinancing an existing loan, maybe you're getting uh, getting some new equipment or just getting a production loan. Check them out. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Um, you guys got to help me out on this baseball story. I know this kind of popped out yesterday while we were... Um, Over on the show yesterday, basically the Astros are dirty, rotten cheaters. Pretty much something like that.
3: I mean, they're not. Tell me more, Rippy. They're not the only team that's doing this, more than likely, but they're certainly the most arrogant, and at least right now, publicly, from what we know, uh, the most open and maybe, I guess, tactful about it. But I mean, basically, it seems fairly obvious they were using a these, you know, some sort of TV device type thing to steal signs electronically which is not legal uh, and it basically came down like there's one instance there's a video floating around out there of Danny Farquaad I think is his name pitcher for the former pitcher for the White Sox is now their single a pitching coach and every time there was a changeup signaled there would be some kind of noise made from the dugout like almost like a bat hitting a bat rack or something and then whenever he signaled fastball uh, nothing would happen and so they got about four or five pitches in the count, ca- or five or six pitches in the count, and he started noticing it. So they start- they met at the mound and changed up the signs. But it wasn't just fastball. I think there was two bounces, for like two bangs for sliders, one for fastballs, or one for changeup, excuse me, something like that. So, I mean, basically they're stealing signs, and it makes it worse because you had the whole Yankees whistling thing. And A.J. Hinch basically just acted like the Yankees were a bunch of insane, paranoid crybabies when, in reality, he knew the entire time they were stealing signs and have been since the 17 World Series. A lot to unpack here, but, like, holy cow. Any scenario where A.J. Hinch doesn't know what's going on? No, zero. Okay. Uh, I mean, this this has killed guys' reputations and careers. Like, you Darvish started two games for the Dodgers in the World Series and got, like, five outs. And that carried with him until through his first year with the Cubs. Like, I don't want to say it ruined you, Darvish, but it heavily damaged his psyche and certainly his reputation. And now you figure out they knew what was coming in that 17 World Series. So, like, I mean, it makes them in – over the last, like, month and a half, they've become increasingly – probably the most disliked team in baseball. I know everybody likes to hate the Yankees, but the Yankees are incredibly likable, particularly compared to these guys. Yeah.
2: Um – Mike Fires, Fears or Fires? I can't ever remember. Pick- uh, hey, Dad, consult on this. <laughs> I believe it's Fears. All right, we'll go with Mike Fears. The former Astros
3: pitcher 100% confirmed the story. Sky is also blue. He confirmed that as well.
2: Yeah, but still, to have a guy who was. On the roster, in the clubhouse, does that break some sort of
3: code or unwritten rule in baseball? I don't think so. He doesn't play for them anymore. Yeah. Um, you got to do like the mafia, you know. If somebody knows
0: something, you either get rid of them completely or you got to keep them around for all times. I
1: thought
2: and it
0: was
1: interesting in the story. There were guys on their roster that told them not to tip off pitches for them. That they didn't want to take part in it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not far-fetched to say that there are guys that didn't want to win that way. I mean, people will...
2: Well, I don't even know if it's didn't want to win that way. I mean, you might be giving too much credit on that front. I think for some, it could be a distraction at the plate. To, okay, I'm going to do my prep. I know I'm going to mentally get ready for what I think he's going to do I've got a certain way that I want to approach this pitcher. If you start putting other thoughts into my head, then it could potentially really mess me up. For some guys. Or maybe, Borky, maybe you're right. Maybe there are guys that are like, nah, you know what, this really isn't the right way to win. I would
1: like to think there's at least one of those in there somewhere.
3: I believe it's George Springer that doesn't like to look at like a ton of film and stuff hitting wise. He just likes to go up to the plate and do it like that kind of thing. I would think it's more like you said, more so that than like the yeah. them being, I guess, morally superior. But
2: either way, so now that that's worked quite well, by the way, for George Springer.
3: Yeah, he's doing all right. Maybe George Springer knows what's coming. I'm not saying he's one of them, but like, yeah,
2: well, some people. Maybe just- that's why he doesn't have to watch film. <laughs>
3: That's true. He knows what the pitches are coming. But the 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 pitcher you asked the breaking code thing. I would assume even though he's he was on the Astros at the time, I assume a pitcher is probably not wild about any sort of electronic pitch stealing, even if his team is doing it.
2: And Borky, what what Rippey just said is the the part of this that really matters, because stealing signs is part of baseball and has been forever. And you got some guys that are really good at it, and some guys that you know could could watch coach give si- excuse me a third base coach give signs for an entire season and not pick up how you got guys that can't remember what the signs are on their own team much less pick up another team's signs but the electronic piece of this is the part that really gives pause to it and i think gives you a chance to have major league baseball do something about it maybe
0: well that's I feel sort of like It feels sort of like counting cards. Like, I don't have a problem when people go to the casino and count cards. If you can do that stuff in your head and you have the advantage, great. But when people start bringing technology in, I understand why the casinos want to throw those guys out. And it's sort of the same thing here for me.
3: It's like that poker story from a couple months ago. That was wild. The guys playing with the transmitter, not the transmitter, uh, people giving him any, like on the... What was it, the guy playing at the Sacramento Casino? Yeah, he had
1: his his cell phone, and somebody that was working on the broadcast could see the cards, because they had that technology to to see the cards, and they were telling him what his opponents had, and he was just doing ridiculous, non-characteristic moves because he knew what his opponents had. He was Mm. calling and raising bets that just did not make any sense, and I mean, he was doing this for months, and everybody kind of knew about it, and they just... They they let it go because he had somebody telling him the, the cards of of his opponents. But my question is, what should baseball do about it? Because hold on, hold on a second, the card story. What do you mean they just let it go? They couldn't Prove like, was it he getting immediately? text messages. Yeah, he was because you can have your phone at card tables now in, in certain places. Not every place somebody's going to reply and say you can't. Yes, you can uh, specifically at this casino as long as. Um, you were not like taking pictures of the table, you could sit and have your phone out. You're there for hours at a time. You know, if you're not in a hand, they let you play with it. He would have it sitting on his lap and would be considering his hands and stuff like that. And he would look down at his cell phone and a text message would pop up. Too. He also had something in his hat.
3: But so, I mean, somebody, somebody's, you would think somebody's losing their job here, but I don't really know who. So, how did he get caught?
1: People finally, one, his opponents figured that it wasn't right, and then people watching, it's just on live stream, but people watching hey, the stream one... picked up on it, and then they made YouTube videos with all the evidence, and now it's blown up.
3: The guy who discovered it and made the video went on a uh, ringer podcast. It's really fascinating stuff, but not the perfect analogy here because sti- side, side stealing is not counting cards. like Or not, not counting cards, the poker cheating, but kind of similar, but... I don't know. feels like someone probably ends up losing their job. I don't know if it's Hinch. don't know if it's the GM. I don't know. They'll, they'll, this feels like a fall guy, somebody who, quote-unquote, orchestrated this scheme. Well,
2: can they just go back and blame it on the assistant GM that they've already fired?
3: That, I guess, would still be a possibility. That be I don't really know. Do.
2: You know, we went back through and we realized that this was all a creation of uh, the guy yes. that we got rid of for... Saying something insensitive to a female this is reporter is what
0: the Sopranos would do. Oh, that, the guy who's who's not with us anymore? Yeah, that was him. That Trying doesn't hold deal.
1: up, though, right? I mean, can you really have a fault? Of course, fall, it, it for doesn't hold up. Like but
0: this? you, you gotta—it's not a lie. You gonna believe it? Well,
1: but then, so what should be done? Well, what should Major League Baseball do? This team won a World Series. They went from one of the highest. Not strikeout, they didn't. <laughs> right, but they went from one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball in 2016 to the lowest strikeout rate in baseball while they were stealing signs electronically.
3: So what they're you're going to vacate it and give Hinch a show cause failure to monitor? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what don't they're know. going to do. I mean, How the do you Dominican him? was
0: sleeping on his couch? Get him.
3: I mean, this doesn't feel like just them docking their international signing bonus pool or something like that. It feels a little more significant. I just don't know what. I don't know how baseball does this. Sports
2: Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio.
1: It's the good time of year where we can just bounce around to all kinds of sports stuff going on. I was talking about the music. Oh. I mean, yeah, so the sports stuff also. <laughs> well, that too. we um, got no, Marvin was... Gaye taking us out of this segment too,
2: so we're really doing some deep cuts today. What version of uh, Africa was it? Who was it? Leo Morakali. Okay.
1: I don't know who that is. I just, you know, Africa covers and that came up, and I thought it
2: was pretty interesting, so went with it. Hey, Dad, I am not... Trying to turn this into a basketball discussion, a women's basketball discussion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just saw this tweet come across my timeline a minute ago. Could we be headed toward a legitimate rivalry in the state of Mississippi in women's basketball as Make opposed to what it's been for the last few years? I saw
0: that Ole Miss signed a couple of top players today, and, of course, Mississippi State did as well. So, I mean, I like Coach Yo up there at Ole Miss. I think she's a good coach. Uh there's a possibility.
2: There's certainly the uh, the atmosphere for it. We'll According to, to ESPN's I mean, you know, women's college basketball recruiting rankings, number nine class in the nation, number one class in the SEC. Ole Miss? Or Ole Miss women's basketball. Wow. Huh. Didn't see that coming. I have no more analysis beyond that. I just saw it and I guess that would be fun if both of these programs were really good. Because those have been kind of like exhibition games for the last few years. Really That's a happens. weird series, by the way.
0: Yes, they lost, I think, 46 of the first 47 or something like that. Yes. And, then, yes. and now they haven't lost in uh, in five years, I think.
2: Yeah. They've gone from losing, what, 90-something percent of the games in the series to now mm-hmm. it's probably close to 50. I don't know that it's 50-50 yet. Yeah.
0: But, but it has certainly a made a
2: big stride in that direction in the last decade. I know that a half.
0: Victoria Vivian's never lost to Ole Miss, so that was be four straight years, and then last year State didn't lose to Ole Miss. So it's been at least it's been at least six years since the Ole Miss has beaten State. All right.
1: Um, you want We on? got one text on this. Do You want to guess what it says? Don't look at it. Guess <laughs> what the text says.
0: I looked. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe it actually will be a women's basketball probation this time.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. Ole Miss is definitely, definitely paying women's basketball recruits. That's a thing that you can post on your message board tonight. You heard it here first.
3: Great job, Grind Dog 66. But this is not a message board, this is a text line. <laughs> oh, me. Um,.
2: Ceasefire text line is open, 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. There was a bit of a to do last night about a current Ole Miss wide receiver, Miles Battle, making and then deleting an Instagram post that caused a bit of a stir. Um, what exactly was there, Rippy.
3: I mean, Miles Battle tweeted a goodbye transfer portal type message where you know, the only thing he left out was no interviews. And then it was quickly deleted. So a couple people sent it to me after it happened. I guess we'll get clarification from Matt Luke here in about two hours. But, I mean, look at the writing on the wall. If you're an old Miss wide receiver right now, can you be shocked? Is he the only one? Probably no and no on both.
2: Well, I was going to say, not shocked. The question of only one is a relevant one. Is this a function of the offense
3: or is it a function of the receivers? A little bit of both, but most a lot, a lot of the offense. I mean, no offense, and I'm not going down the quarterback debate thing again, but like they don't throw it very much. You got a guy skipping five yard outs and throwing it three feet five on the sideline. Now he makes some nice throws. He made but the passing game hasn't been nowhere consistent enough. That's on the coaching staff. It's a little bit on the quarterbacks as well. It's just not working. The scheme's not doing them any favors.
2: Let's roll back to beginning of the year when Matt Corral was playing and was throwing it and no wide receivers were catching balls outside of Elijah
3: Moore. Yeah, but the disparity wasn't as big and you're talking about a very small sample size. (laughs) It's a pretty
1: young group of receivers, though, isn't it? I mean, part of the... The deal with the quarterback conversation is that it's a... I mean, I'm in the camp that Matt Corral should have been given more time to grow and develop because he's a young quarterback, and young quarterbacks need to learn how to make mistakes and learn how to play. And John Rice Plumlee, if that's your guy, also needs to um, have the same thing. But... Wouldn't the wide receivers qualify for that as well? I mean, it's a young group. Miles Battle's a young receiver. Outside of Elijah Moore and Braylon Sanders, who's been hurt, it's a bunch of young guys who haven't really had reps at this level. And so they they did struggle early on in the season, but now, I mean, they're being used sparingly. So they, they haven't really been given an opportunity to well, learn and Battle's develop themselves. Miles
2: last year, right? He caught some balls last season. It was a red shirt,
1: but yes, but didn't he red shirt?
3: He did. He, I mean, he was still under the four game threshold. But to, like Richard said, he, he did show some flashes and caught a couple of passes last year and did some nice things. But like, also, there, whether I think you, whether however you feel about what either quarterback, and I'm talking about if you're a wide receiver, there probably has to be something too at this that the guy you came in with and the guy they told you you were going to be catching passes from the next three or four years had the plug pulled on him after four games. Like, no matter how much you think of John Rice Palmer, he seems like a really good leader, really good dude. Whatever I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. I would imagine they would, that would have to play into it some, somewhat at least a little bit. Like that, it's not nothing.
2: Let me bring another layer to this.
3: <clears throat> Ole
2: Miss has recruited well in the state of Texas in recent years. Not like hundreds of guys, but handful of guys out of each class. Um, Greg Little was a Texas kid, obviously. Miles Battle, a Houston kid, Cy Creek High School. Um, Obviously, uh, Grant Tisdale. That, was he Houston area or Dallas area? It was Allen, right? Yeah, Allen is what, right outside of Dallas? I can't keep up with my metro areas.
1: It's so hard. And they're eventually just all going to merge together. It's a Dallas suburb.
3: Yeah, Okay. You got a Pangea theory on the state of Texas? Do what?
0: Basically. I mean, it's Dallas High School coming soon. 12A. (laughs) I mean, there are, like, there's a, it's,
1: they're not going to merge, but San Antonio and Austin are becoming one. Like, you can't, it's getting to a point where you don't leave one, you just suddenly become in the other. Like the gas, they're growing. the so-
2: cities are growing so quickly and expanding out that it's also turning into like one metro area. Right.
3: It was uh, unjust.
1: I mean, Dallas and Houston are very, very far away, but they're just they they grow like crazy right now.
2: Yeah. Um. Anyway, the point in this was: Does this affect recruiting in Texas? I
3: mean, you could take out the in Texas qualifier.
2: You should be able to get running backs. So, so what world are we living in? I mean, three years ago, was the one thing. I mean, running backs and linebackers were the one thing that Ole Miss couldn't get. They got a stable of wide receivers that are now playing in the NFL, and then all of a sudden, you can't keep wide receivers. But hey, embarrassment of riches at running back. This might be a bit of an exaggeration,
1: uh, but not really though. I mean, you've got Scotty Phillips was a before his injury again this year was on pace of having another really good year. I mean, he might get a shot in the NFL. Really good SEC running back though, and Ely was a five star, and Snoop Connor was a great evaluation. But if you look at his high school numbers, maybe that shouldn't be the talking point. Maybe other schools just missed on him. I mean, he was a really productive high school back. Um, but they do have a bunch of riches in the backfield. I'm interested to see what they do next year. Because even though the conversation about Plumlee is he's going to play baseball and that hurts his ability to grow and develop as a passing quarterback, but they have this brand built with this wide receiver thing. you got the nasty wideouts belt and all of this stuff, and you've got guys that are playing really, really well in the NFL. And that was an edge that you could have used in recruiting. And if they don't start next season – being more balanced, I mean, you will destroy a really good reputation you had faster than you built it.
3: I would argue that's already in the process of happening.
1: Yeah, but you can say, "Look, Plumlee's a freshman; he, he's got he needs to develop." Like, th- there's a way you can spin it and give yourself more time, right?
3: Uh, yeah, no, d- definitely true. I mean, it's not fully there yet, but it's rapidly approaching it. Sports Talk
2: Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Well, we've gone for a while without hearing much about him and nothing really seemed to miss a beat, but he's back in the news. Who, might you ask? Who could I be talking about? Well, NFL clubs were informed yesterday that a private workout... Will be held for free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick on Saturday in Atlanta, according to a copy of a memo obtained by ESPN. The session will include on-the-field work and an interview. All teams are invited to attend. Video of the workout and the interview will made av- be made available to them, uh, the teams, after the fact. Several clubs had inquired about uh, Kaepernick's current football readiness sources told ESPN's Dan Graziano that the workout was also set up in response to an October 10th statement by Kaepernick's representatives who said they had received little to no response from the 32 NFL teams Kaepernick has been out of the game since 2016 the year he began protesting police brutality and racial uh, racial injustice by kneeling during the pregame national anthem In the memo sent by the league, quote, Earlier this year we discussed some possible steps with his representatives, and they recently emphasized his level of preparation and that he is ready to work out for clubs and be interviewed by them. We have therefore arranged this opportunity for him to work out and for all clubs to have the opportunity to evaluate his readiness and level of interest in resuming his NFL career. You know what this sounds like to me? Forgive me Sounds like you ran out of money You had plenty of money Playing in the NFL You take a couple of years off You can ride some sponsorship deals And be a spokesman for a few people But eventually When you're no
3: longer relevant People stop paying you Didn't he just sign a deal with Nike? Yeah, okay. I
0: don't think this is a money deal
3: You don't think so? I don't understand this. The NFL set it up. Why? I,
2: I like, have a well, couple of theories.
3: Yeah. But like they didn't have to restart this pot. If he was actually upset about that, like keep maybe he wasn't getting attention from other or any feedback from other teams and maybe he actually needed this, but like if I were, I don't understand why the NFL did this. I'm not one saying Colin Kaepernick should or should not be back in the league, whatever. Like whatever you think about that. I'm just curious as to why the NFL is making this move right now. I have two theories. That's what,
1: The first one is the NFL wants to get them off of their back. Wants all of this to go away. Just, here, we'll throw you a bone, we'll get you a tryout, now leave me alone. Or, this is the NFL saying, look, we'll give you a tryout, and nobody's going to take you.
3: I guess my question to that would be, one, it was already over with. When's the last time anyone's talked about this? So why would you need to do this for that to be the case? I'm not necessarily so saying it could be, be like that, kicking a hornet's that maybe yeah. they're thinking, but you're bringing back something that they certainly didn't want to bring back in the mainstream deal. That is very evident by every the way they handled everything when it initially happened. So why do you bring it back now if it's already dead? Like I don't I mean, understand what forces are at work here making them do this.
1: Maybe there's been some threatened litigation, additional litigation.
3: Yeah, I was about to say he's already suing them. Like, I,
1: well, they I, settled. Remember.
3: Something is here yeah. that we don't know about. I wonder if there's if part of the
2: settlement was the NFL had to do a better job of making him available.
3: Same time, politics aside, if you're the Chicago Bears, wouldn't you at least send somebody? And be like, yeah, Trubisky. There's a few sucks. teams that should kick the tires well, that, no question. Yeah, the 100%. Bears did announce,
1: uh, and of course they did. They they announced that they're going to send a scout to this thing. But I mean, if you're the, I guess for and, the and good press. But if you're the Bears, why would you? I mean, why would you do that? What value is there? and a 32-year-old quarterback that got benched for Blaine Gabbard in the first place who hasn't played in four seasons. Have you watched Mitch Trubisky? But Cam Newton will be on the market. Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent this offseason. You can and get somebody through the draft. I mean, there are other options, especially now that what you've got one year left on Trubisky's rookie deal, you can just let him go. Maybe they're woke. Well, and, yeah, maybe
3: <laughs> And if we're going to be completely fair, he wasn't necessarily benched for Gabbert for bad performance. That entire organization at that point was a complete and total disaster. Like Kaepernick wasn't really bad his last year in the NFL. I'm not going to do like the stump for Kaepernick. I think. That's not what I'm saying. But like, if you're the Bears and you're trying to save this season, it's definitely worth kicking the tires on. There's potentially value there. What if he comes in and needs? Much better, and they start winning. Like I think it's definitely a realistic possibility that he would provide better quarterback production than Mitch Trubisky would right now, and it could work. I'm not saying they should do it if they don't want the distractions that come with it. That's fine, but like his numbers his last year as an NFL quarterback are one that certainly would still provide value three years later.
1: Fifty nine percent completions and twelve starts through for twenty two hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, and just four picks. Though I had a QBR of ninety.
2: By the way, I went back and found it. Charles Robinson from uh, Yahoo had, uh, this was September 3rd, 2018, so a little over a year ago. Kaepernick's deal with, Mikey, uh, with Nike, wide endorsement, going to have his own branded line, shoes, shirts, jerseys, etc. There will be Kaepernick apparel. It is a star deal on par with top-end NFL players, millions per year. Star deals also include royalties. So maybe not a money thing. Unless he's spending way more than millions
3: per year. He has 69 career games played. Nice. Nice. He's a career 59.8% percentage. So I guess that last year, Borky, you were talking about, was right on his average. 72 touchdowns, 30 picks. Hasn't played in three years, but has allegedly been working out. I don't know. I mean, this is probably going to be a bunch of talk that nothing ends up happening.
1: So then, to, curious, to your question, I mean, what is the point?
3: Yeah, exactly. I I don't underst- I don't know why the NFL is doing this. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't do it. There's something here that I don't fundamentally understand, and I wish I did. I guess. Hmm.
2: Some interesting backstory. Nike debated heavily dropping Colin Kaepernick because they thought it might uh, rupture their relationship with the NFL. Um, but they had some communications people who stepped in and was like, "No, we'll, we'll handle this. This will be this will be a good thing."
3: Hmm. Boy, the lack of nuance on anything—if the team actually takes a flyer on him—is going to be awesome. Can't wait for first take.
1: It'll probably your- be Chicago, and then watch Chicago will take him, and then Trubisky will continue to start at least for a couple of weeks no. <laughs> and then people will lose their collective minds
3: yeah when is the workout? Saturday I
2: heard Jack Del Rio earlier on uh, one of the NFL shows on ESPN today saying first of all he was asked hey, as, a, as a coach as a front office guy how would you handle this he said well first of all I wouldn't go because it's in the middle of season If I'm coaching, he said, This is not going to be an event with coaches and GMs. This is going to be an event with scouts, and the scouts are going to go back and make recommendations as a result. Now, I guess how badly you need a quarterback or how interested you are in dealing with the drama that will go around, oh, Colin Kaepernick is on the team, uh, probably depends on whether or not you're interested in this thing. Or if you're sending somebody high level in the scouting department, or you're just sending somebody to say you sent somebody.
3: I know Matt Moore isn't bad, but wouldn't he also be a somewhat decent backup for the Chiefs
2: if he can play?
3: Yeah, that's another thing. You know, I mean, it's been out- he's not played that's football that's the first since thing,
2: 2016.
0: Though. They're sending scouts. They'll determine if he can play or not. If somebody signs him, he can play.
2: Maybe not. Maybe not. Do being you know that based on. on watching him throw footballs against air.
3: Me. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't that's know how, how that's how Mitch
0: Trubisky got. It's,
1: it's going to be like, about to say
3: the exact same thing, and a bunch of yeah. other dudes that turned out not to be great. It's going to be like a
0: pro day, but I mean, that plus you know you have you have enough film on him from his pro career. It's, it, I, I think if you, if the mechanics are still there, the arm strength is still there, the conditioning is there, you have enough to go on. I think.
3: Yeah, according to hate hey edge stick of me, I have not watched an NFL game since 2016. Protest. True.
0: Wouldn't that be me? Wouldn't that be... Why would a liberal guy be protest? No, you're wrong. It, it is, totally
1: messed up the joke. It's not a coincidence at all that now that the anthem protest is not a story and hasn't been for a couple of years, NFL ratings are up, way up. It wasn't the end-all, be-all, but they were down for a reason. And the people that completely dismissed the I'm-not-watching-it crowd... Um, look a little silly, don't they? Because the NFL was up and then it dropped during that and now it's back up again. I mean, up double digit almost right, across the board. let me ask board. you
2: a question. Let me ask you a question. Colin Kaepernick gets signed by a team and he comes back. So he going to go out there and kneel during the National Anthem? Already said he would not.
3: I thought he came out and disputed that. I thought that got leaked and he disputed that. Never saying that. Ooh.
1: I guess it'll depend on if somebody signs him.
3: Yeah, I'm sure that's a conversation you have where the ink hits the paper. Whether it's yes, no, whatever, I have no idea. Just say
2: like, you're going to stand for the national anthem. Well, well you can't. I mean, make some me. team
3: may be okay with it. We're going
2: to put it in your contract. If you don't stand for the national anthem, we cut you that day. Well, then don't sign me. Okay, we won't. Good luck to you. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, sign me. Fine, as long as you know the know the score going in. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Just don't think you'd understand. and if you tell my he of handsome, kind of the same. She Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at Supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us on this. Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, it is time for this moment in sports history. Brought to you by Acoustic Wave Treatment of Mississippi. Do you have pain in your body? Have you? Acoustic Wave has an effective pressure wave therapy that can treat any kind of joint or muscle pain with no incision, no scars, and no downtime. Many people have even experienced full recovery in just two to six weeks. You can call them to find out more or visit their website. Phone number for Acoustic Wave Treatment of Mississippi, 855-563-6100. Or online, find out more about them, acousticwavems.com. This moment in sports history, it was on this day in 1973 that Reggie Jackson was named American League most valuable player only time Mr October won the award in his career here are his numbers career 262 average 563 home runs drove in 1702 at 2584 hits. 14 time All Star. Five time World Series champ, 72, 73, 74, 77, 78. The decade of the 70s were pretty darn good for Reggie Jackson. MVP on this day in 1973. Two time World Series MVP. Two time Silver Slugger award winner. Four time home run leader and inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 1993, receiving just shy of 94% of the vote on his very first ballot. What's the best word to describe Reggie Jackson? Mercurial? Clutch? No. I
0: mean, Mercurial means he had, like, a few good years. He had a good career.
2: No, I mean Mercurial more in his temperament. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to Google that.
1: A person uh, or subject to sudden or unpredictable changes of mood or mind. So I dropped one on you today, Borky? Yeah, that was nice. Thanks. I'm usually pretty good on vocabulary. Or it could also mean he's from the planet Mercury. So one of the two.
0: I don't think that's it. Could be, though. Not, yeah, that's let's not... Let's not forget when he tried to assassinate Queen Elizabeth and was thwarted by uh, opera singer Enrico Palazzo disguised as an umpire. Never forget. What? It really bothers me you don't know that one. That that's one that that one gets me a little bit that you don't get... Wait, that. we're
2: not we back to Seinfeld get. today, are we?
0: No, no, not at all. Where's that one come from? The Naked Gun. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Leslie Nielsen. Mhm. So sorry. No, yeah, Reg, Reggie
0: Jackson was one of the top five players of the seventies, wouldn't you say? Think so. I mean, just off the top of my head, Clemente's in there. Um, I mean, Mays is starting to wind down. Hank Aaron's in there, but I mean, his career started to wind down by the by the middle of the seventies. You know, from from seventy to seventy nine, who else is there? You know.
2: Yes, he would absolutely be on the list for the 70s. Um, Johnny Bench?
0: Bench would be on the list. Pete Rose would be on the list. Maybe we should have a non-reds list. Joe Moore go for the 70s? That's what I'm saying. Maybe we should have a non-reds list. Yeah. That was kind of Big Red Machine era. But, I mean, he was on three world championship teams, too, with the A's, right?
2: Uh, Joe and Morgan se- No, no, no. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, he, he won five in all. He won three with the A's and and two with the Yankees, yeah. Here's some names for you from the 70s. Colton Fisk. Rod Carew. Ah, Rod Carew is on the... Yeah. Joe Morgan. Mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt. That's how I think of Mike Schmidt. Is, I would have said a player of the 80s
0: more than the 70s.
2: Uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose is definitely. Ooh, here's an old one for you. Cesar Sedanio.
0: Oh, not, not on the same list with these guys for me.
2: Um, Tom Seaver.
0: Tom Seaver and Steve Carlton should be on this list. Nolan Burt 11 Ah, uh, great player. Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer's on. Yeah. We're in a, we're in the we've got like a top 10 going at this point
2: Phil Necro?
0: yeah yeah hmm
2: it's a pretty good decade for baseball yeah you think yeah that is your moment in sports history brought to you by acoustic wave of Mississippi give them a call 855 563 6100 or visit online acousticwavems.com. Sports Talk Mississippi with you just after 5 o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They have been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. If you're a farmer in North Mississippi looking to buy a new piece of property, get your production loans in line for the year, maybe it's equipment or just refinancing an existing loan, give Mississippi Land Bank a chance. If you've not done business with them before, you will uh, be glad that you reached out to them. If you have done business with them before, you know the kind of people we're talking about, people that understand what you're doing and understand uh, ways, sometimes creatively, even to uh, get you the money that you need so that you can continue to work the way you need to. Mississippi Land Bank, MSLandBank.com, where they know the way, the lay of the land. Um, let's do the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. I even want to take one home with you. Great deals remaining on the 2019 F-150s. Uh, good financing options. And also, great pricing. Great savings! Check out your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. College football fix told you there are a couple of games coming up tonight. A little action if you want to, but that's probably not what we're worried about. New poll comes out last night. Second edition of the college football playoff, as expected, LSU jumps to number one on the heels of their win against Ohio State. I'm sorry, against Alabama, they jump Ohio State. It's not just because they win against Alabama, though, is it? That was just kind of the cherry on top. It was the fact that they've got a win against Texas who's ranked in the top 25, a win against Auburn, a win against Florida, and a win against Alabama. Yeah, the resume All, is just stronger. It's Just just good. Yeah. There no, because there are no losses, there's certainly no bad losses. And when you've got four wins against top 25 teams, which nobody else does... They don't care who you've played in the other games. Those are just games for Joe Burrow to pad his stats for the Heisman. Or something like that. Ohio State at two. If Ohio State wins out and LSU wins out, who's number one? LSU. LSU. Okay. Because, well, Ohio State's resume will then
1: be able to stack up before you roll your eyes. I mean, that will require a win over Penn State, who's still in the top ten. a ranked Michigan team, and then possibly an undefeated Minnesota who will then be around five in the Big Ten championship
2: game. So Ohio State currently has one win against a ranked team? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So that would take them to five. Uh, Is Texas A&M? They are not. No, they are not. And they, and they, are they are could win their way back into the top twenty-five, which
3: That's would give LSU five
2: in the regular season, and then an SEC championship game could potentially get them there. They got so, LSU and
3: Georgia left. Yeah, they're
0: they're, they're a five-loss five team at best.
2: Okay, very good. So if LSU wins out and Ohio State wins out, it's still LSU number one, right? Yes, sir. I think so. Which means LSU would play in the SEC Championship game in Atlanta. They and all their fans would go back home, and about three and a half weeks later, they would make a return trip to Atlanta for round one of the college football playoff. Meanwhile, Ohio State would go to Phoenix, Phoenix area for the Fiesta Bowl.
1: Careful, Chase Young.
2: Oh, (laughs)
1: Oh, wait, but it'll be the – see, here's the the ridiculous part about the Chase Young thing, which eh, maybe we'll get to later, is that because it was just an access bowl, his family didn't get paid for to travel. But if it was a playoff game, his family's travel would have been taken care of. Brother, she ain't family yet. I thought it was more than just her. I thought it was her and then his family. Either way – Oh, I don't know. But th- but that's the ridiculousness of it. So if they would have lost one fewer game, no violation. But since they lost a game, he got suspended for 2.
2: I heard Gino Toretta asked the question earlier today with regard to Chase Young. So if he had gone to a loan shark instead of a uh, family friend and had, instead of getting favorable terms and paying the money back, if he had gone to a loan shark where he had to pay, you know, 57% interest over a month, would he still be eligible? Yeah if there had been a contract or a promissory note or you know something like that in place for the loan could it have avoided the eligibility issues there i don't know whole thing's stupid it is
1: at least we get to see the second best player in college football uh, play in two really big games to close out the season.
2: Assuming Clemson... If we're just assuming chalk for a second, uh, LSU stays one, Ohio State stays two, Clemson stays three. But the question, and really the only interesting thing that's here, if everything plays out as is right now, is who gets number four. Because if we're doing chalk... LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, Georgia's out. Does that mean that number five, Alabama, slides back to number four? And there's your million dollar question. Or that would be one loss, no conference championship, didn't play for a conference championship, Alabama, or. A one-loss Oregon that won the Pac-12 or a one-loss Utah that won the Pac-12. What would you do with the? You've got Oklahoma there as well with just one loss.
1: And yeah, we'll play in a conference Saturday. championship. Not after
2: this Saturday, they won't. You
1: think Baylor's beating them? Maybe. Boy, then that's going to change a lot of things too. Okay, so
2: now we get to the next question. So for assuming chalk for the top three, we've only got one spot left to play for. Now, let's be honest. I think the only thing that we're safe in assuming right now is that Clemson's not losing. Yeah. They
1: will not get LSU, challenged
2: at all. LSU road. LSU's road's more difficult. Georgia has a difficult road. Ohio State has a difficult road, etc. <sighs> what if Clemson ends up as the one c Well, here, okay, but, but hold on a second. Hold on, second. let me let me play this out for a second. A Minnesota that goes undefeated. By the way, they jumped nine spots from week one to week two, from seventeen to eight. It was the largest jump in a single week in the history of the poll. Borky's question yesterday: Why don't they deserve to be in the top four? They're undefeated. I was a little dismissive of the question. I used eye test. Bottom line is: there's no consistency from the committee in the way they're ranking these things. They use whatever criteria makes sense when they're trying to explain away their rankings. It's incredibly objective. Or subjective. Subjective. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, we're all on the same page. And it raises lots of objections. Subjections if you want. (laughs) Minnesota's resume is better than Alabama's.
3: Fact. Why there should be a real playoff.
2: Minnesota's resume is better than Alabama's. What do you mean, Richard? Alabama plays in the SEC. Alabama does not have one win against a team that is currently in the top 25 of the college football playoff poll. Not one. They got a really good loss. Close loss at home to the number one team in the college football playoff. Minnesota won a bunch of games close early. And then they started playing a little bit better. And they have a win against a team that at the time was in the top four and currently is number nine in the college football playoff. And go back to high tips. Richard, are you saying Minnesota is better than Alabama? Nope, I'm not. I still think Alabama is better than Minnesota. On a neutral field, a couple of touchdowns better probably. If we're ranking them based on what has happened so far, there's no argument in which Minnesota shouldn't be ahead of Alabama beyond what your eyes and your brain tell you. That's it. All right, everybody got the list up in front of them, the top 25 list. We're going to do this together. This is where we take this guy, me, my playoff format, and we plug in eight teams and think of what could be. What should be, really? Well, I could or should, whatever.
1: I What I can't figure out is like your buddy Peter Burns, and I, I really like Peter, but he's been defending the subjective selection committee model for the last couple of days, and I can't quite figure out why people think this is better. Every other level of competition, major athletic competition, has a set criteria going into it. The NFL All right, here are has the
2: rules. Di- Sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. My bad. Go ahead.
1: Oh, just the NFL has divisions. Some divisions are stronger than the other ones. If you win your division, you're in the playoffs. Simple. The NBA, 8 teams from the East get into the playoffs and 8 teams from the West. For the last 2 decades, the West has been significantly better than the East. But still, that's how it works out. Select criteria at every other level and college football FBS College Football is the only one that has a selection committee. Why is this the one that people want to fight to save when it works just fine, no complaints, everywhere else?
2: All right, so let's blend the two. Let's put in some criteria but also leave some subjectivity. Here are the rules. Number one, you have to win your conference championship to get an automatic berth. Got it? Got it. You have 5 power 5 conferences, each of them will have a representative in this 8 team playoff. Additionally, the highest ranked group of 5 team gets a berth in the playoff. That covers 6 of your 8 slots. You have 2 at large spots available. All right, so so let's let's quickly play out our power 5 conference champions. LSU oh, uh, wins the SEC. Everybody on board with that? Yep. Ohio State wins the Big Ten? That's fine. Sure. Clemson, the ACC. Well, I don't know 12. Virginia might beat them in the ACC championship game. Big 12. Are we going with Oklahoma? Just do it for the sake of it, yeah. Pac-12, we okay with Oregon over Utah in the championship game? Yes. Who?
3: Oregon over Utah. Utah. Oregon over Utah? Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a week if they ever play each other. Uh,
2: Cincinnati is the highest ranked group of five team. They currently are at 17. 17? One spot ahead of Memphis. Boise State is currently at 21. Navy is at 23. If App
1: State wins out, I wonder if if they can make a case for jumping Cincinnati. I mean, they've beaten two power five teams now.
3: Wouldn't they both be one loss?
1: Yeah, but well, and it's not really fair. Cincinnati's one loss would be to Ohio State, but they got absolutely smoked.
3: App State got smoked pretty bad. I don't know why I watched this game, but they did get smoked pretty bad for three quarters by Georgia Southern.
1: Explain that one. You go to Columbia, South Carolina and win, and you can't beat
2: Georgia Southern.
3: Apparently it's been a thing with the way Georgia Southern runs offense. I actually read something about that the next day. Okay, for our cases though,
2: we'll go Cincinnati, unless you want to go Memphis. Cincinnati works for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh oh, it's more media conspiracy against Memphis. Cincinnati the fans don't deserve this. About. About. All right, so for those six teams, using the current rankings, LSU is one, Ohio State is two, Clemson is three. Uh Cincinnati is seventeen. Oklahoma is ten. And Oregon is six. All right, so now we've got to go for the two at large teams. So we're we're Georgia's currently at four, but we have Georgia losing in the SEC championship game, which makes them two loss, which will drop them back. So that would put Alabama in, and they would be the number 4 seed. That would put, let's see, Utah would lose in the Pac-12 championship game, so they would be gone. We're assuming a loss for Minnesota. Where is that loss? Are we assuming only one loss for Minnesota? If it's in the Big Ten championship
0: game, Minnesota would be in in this scenario, I believe. I think so.
1: Because Penn State will have lost twice. Florida already has two. Auburn will have multiple. Baylor will potentially only have one. They might slip in there as
2: well.
3: Wouldn't you have the exact same? No, I guess you would Okay, have. so
2: Minnesota, who currently is eight. All right, so your seeding would be LSU number one overall, Ohio State number two overall, Clemson number three overall, Alabama would be the 4 seed. The 5 seed would be Oregon. I think yeah, Oregon. The Let's see. Minnesota Minnesota would be the 6 seed. The seven would be Oklahoma, and the eight would be Cincinnati. And so that means you would have on-campus games, Cincinnati and Baton Rouge, which is kind of, meh. Oklahoma at Ohio State, Minnesota at Clemson, and Oregon at Alabama. Yeah,
0: sign me up for that. I mean, I, I'm, I'll watch. I'll watch with great interest, to be honest. But
1: that's exactly what it should be, because arguments could not exist. If you want to play in the playoff, you win your conference. It's that simple. Some years, the ACC's not going to be very good. This year, it's terrible. Some years, actually most years, the AFC East is going to be, or the AFC North is going to be terrible. That's why the Patriots just cruise to the playoffs every year. They're also the best team, so it works out.
2: Hey, you know, you know what you would end up with, though, if that's what we went with? LSU, the one, meeting... Alabama, the four. That's fine, if that's how it works out. Clemson, the three. (laughs) Meeting Ohio State, the two. That's just fine. Which means you would have the four-team playoff. But. But you still got to win it on the field.
1: Exactly. Instead of having to win it in some committee room with some athletic directors that you're not entirely sure how much football they're actually watching. I'm sure they take their jobs very, very seriously, but it's still a group of people subjectively sitting in a room making decisions and not using set criteria.
2: So in this scenario, your two at-large teams are Alabama and Minnesota. That's fine. Yeah, Penn State could potentially play their way to the at-large spot.
1: Ah, Well, they're They're going to lose next weekend, though.
2: Just looking at who else could... I mean, Baylor could get there. Maybe. Wisconsin's already got two losses. Michigan's got two losses. Notre Dame's got two losses. Cincinnati's only got one. Memphis has got one. Texas has got three I think Iowa's 6-3. Boise State is one loss Boise State? They they are, but I
1: forget where. They did win at Florida State, though.
2: Yeah. It's a weird season in college football.
1: They lost at BYU, believe it or not. I knew that got a Good Romney point. starting at BYU now.
2: Um, Gavin and Starkville, Minnesota and Baylor go down this weekend and that will take care of that. Maybe so. Maybe. Um, why would you have a Pac-12 conference champ playing in at large solely based on the seeding? So it's not a, it, it wouldn't be a, it would be a scenario where you get into the playoff if you're one of five conference champions, or if you are the highest-ranked group of five team. But the seeding... See, this doesn't eliminate the playoff committee either, because their ranking is going to determine seeding, and it's also going to determine the two-at-large teams. And so... Alabama would still be the four-seed over Oregon who would be the five seed based on the college football playoff rankings. So you're not automatically one through five in terms of seeding just because you won a Power Five conference championship. You get seated based on where you are in the playoff ranking, but you get five Power Five conference champs, one group of five team, and two at-large teams... But please tell me why it is that this would devalue the regular season.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.